Welcome, everyone, to the All Things Bible Podcast. This is our first episode in this podcast, and we are going to start a series on the armor of God. Um, the armor of God is something to me that I learned about as a child. We learned about it in Sunday school. We did crafts and projects and all kinds of things about the armor. Uh, but it wasn't until recently that I started to really look into the armor more and study it to find out really what it's all about for living the Christian life and, and walking the faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, and so that's what this podcast series is going to be about. We're going to start today uh, really with just the first uh, three verses, uh, verses 10, 11, 12 there in Ephesians 6, and then we're going to move on in further episodes after that. So this is kind of an introduction to the armor of God, uh, so I hope this is helpful for you um, in your studies and in, in, on your journey of faith in Jesus Christ. So uh, let's dig in and let's surround ourselves with all things Bible. All right, the armor of God. We are going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 today. Uh, that's where the armor of God text is found. And we're really going to just focus on the first three verses, um, 10, 11, and 12 of chapter 6. But I'm just going to start out by reading the whole passage of the armor of God and kind of get an overview of what's being said. And then we're going to go back to the beginning and talk about uh, kind of an introduction and why Paul is writing about this. Um, so the armor of God uh, and what it's all about can be found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. In the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fit fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, so that's verses 10 through 17. Uh, so let's take note of just some general observations about the way Paul writes this passage and why he puts it here. So kind of get a background just before this uh, in, in, the, in the chapters 5 and 6 of Ephesians. Uh, Paul is, is talking about children obeying their parents, slaves obeying their masters, and it's all pointing back to the fact that we should be obeying our Father uh, in heaven. So it's kind of all, those things are all connected right there. Um, and, and what's interesting is that now Paul is going to take what he's writing about a step further. Uh, he's now going to write about what our struggle is, who our struggle and what our struggle is really against. And that's because he's, he's trying to point out the fact, at least I think, that there, are, there is evil in the world and we struggle, against, uh, we struggle against evil, we struggle against certain forces, um, and, and those forces of evil try to get in the way of our relationship 
uh, between our parents, between those over us, between our friends or, and family, and ultimately, it tries to get in the way of our relationship between our Heavenly Father. So when Paul writes about the relationship between children and parents, and between slaves and masters, and between us and our Heavenly Father, he's saying that there is forces that are trying to stop and ruin those relationships. Uh, and, and so I think that's what is being said here. Now, it's interesting <clears throat> uh, that, that Paul says uh, in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. What he's saying is our struggle is not against me and you. It's not against my family. It's not against my coworkers. It's not against anybody else. Because he's saying our, our struggle is against something that's out of this world. It's otherworldly and something we don't really understand fully and can't comprehend fully. And our fights and our battles and those who we struggle against, who we think we're struggling against, uh, though that's what the, these forces of evil want us to think that we're struggling against. They don't want us to know that we're struggling really against their forces and against their power. They want us to, to basically fight each other uh, and to bring each other to ruin. Uh, but, but we know from this text, especially verse 12, which we're going to talk about in a moment, uh, that, that, that our struggle is against something much darker uh, and much more dangerous. Um, and, and this is why Paul writes about this armor of God. It's the whole reason why this armor um, <clears throat> is talked about and why we should put on this armor. Uh, so let's go up to verse 10. Um, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Uh, this is really key for me uh, because our power over our enemies, our power over those who hurt us, it, it doesn't come from us. The power that we generate, the power that we receive, uh, doesn't come from us. We can't overtake the evil that we fight against. Uh, and that's why Paul says we have to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Uh, we'd be talking about something much different, uh, and, and some theology would have to be changed if Paul would have said, be strong in the Lord and in your power. Uh, but that's not what Paul says. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Why? Because our power isn't enough. Our power is useless. Our, our power is worthless against the forces of evil that we face every single day. And that's why Paul urges us and, and encourages us to be strong in the Lord and in his power that can overtake anything. Uh, you know, Jesus said um, in the Gospel of John that he has overcome the world. He has overcome all of those forces of evil that tried to stop his plan. He overcame that. And so that's why it gives us this power that, that we now receive. And it's not our own, but it comes from the Lord. It comes from God. And that's encouraging uh, as we fight the everyday battles that the power that we possess, the power that we have, doesn't come from us. It comes from a higher power. And it comes from God when we put on this full armor. So Paul says that we need to put on the full armor of God, but then he tells us a why as to why we need to put on this, this armor of God. Um, and right after 
he says that in verse 11, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Uh, so the reason why Paul gives us this metaphor of this armor and of this soldier, which we're going to talk about um, in, in the later episodes, um, is so that we can take a stand against whatever the devil is trying to do to us. Whatever he's trying to throw at us, we can take a stand. Uh, and so let's notice what Paul does not say here, because Paul doesn't say something. Um, Paul does not say here that we won't be tempted uh, or that we won't be tested or that the devil won't do anything to us with this armor on. The point of the armor that we put on as Christians is to endure the test and to endure those flaming arrows, as we're going to talk about later, that the devil tries to throw at us. Uh, and so notice also that Paul uses the word stand here. And in the Greek, it, it, its meaning is quite similar in English. Uh, the word in Greek means to stand or to place or to put. So w with this meaning, we get this picture of something like a statue, something that is set in place and that does not move. And so with this idea that Paul uh, is trying to convey here is that you know, even though we have on this armor, it doesn't mean that nothing is going to happen to us. It doesn't mean that we're not going to go into battle. It doesn't mean we're not going to go into war. But that's the whole point. Point of the armor is to defend and to uh, let us be able to stand against that battle and against the forces of evil. It's not so that we won't be tempted or that we won't be tested or that we won't have to go into battle. The point of the armor is that we will be able to stand and endure the test of time through the battles that we face. And I think that's a powerful message um, and a message that I think some people miss whenever we study the armor. I think sometimes um, when, especially when I've read this passage, it's like we're invincible um, and, and that nothing can happen to us. Uh, I, in terms of invincibility, I think that might be true. Um, but that doesn't mean nothing will happen to us. Uh, it, but it does mean that when we go into battle, we will be able to stand um, and that we will not fall um, in the end and we'll, we'll be the ones left standing at the end of the battle against these, these forces of evil. Uh, the other idea that Paul does not suggest here um, is the idea of fighting back. So we have this, this grand picture of a battle taking place, one side versus another. Uh, one leader versus another leader, uh, and we're all soldiers in this huge spiritual warfare, this big battle. Uh, and so obviously when you, when you think of especially ancient warfare, uh, you think of two sides fighting. Uh, you maybe have some rows of, of soldiers uh, and fighters, and they just go at each other, and they just start slashing each other and, and, starts, and start fighting each other and all that. Uh, but Paul doesn't give that idea here. He doesn't say that we are supposed to fight back against these forces of evil. Uh, and, and in fact, there's not even any violent language used here. Um, there's no bloodshed or, or, or words of fighting from both sides. Um, there's definitely fighting from one side, and that's the forces of evil trying to attack. Um, but as Christians, we're set up as this defensive post uh, with this armor on that the evil one cannot penetrate when we have it on fully. Um, and so we, we, 
general picture is we don't fight back. Uh, rather, we defend ourselves uh, with the power of God and with his mighty power that we talked about a little bit ago. Um, and that when we put on this full armor, we're able to stand against the powers of the dark world. And so Paul doesn't go on to describe the armor after he says put on the full armor. He takes a couple verses, um, a couple sentences to describe what our battle is against and who we are fighting against. Um, because I think Paul would well know that when you're in a battle, when you're in a warfare, you should know who your real enemy is. Um, in a huge war or battle, you may be fighting, you may have allies with you, and you don't want to fight your own allies. You want your allies to fight with you. Uh, and so you want to know clearly and define who your enemy truly is. Uh, and I think that's what Paul is really doing here. Um, so in verses 12 and 13, uh, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the he heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. And so, one, especially verse 12, I think growing up, I've always thought of, okay, we understand for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Okay, our struggle is not against each other. It's not against other humans. It's against um, otherworldly evil. Um, but then, I, when, when I hear the words rulers, authorities, especially those two, I think of people. Um, I think of leaders of countries. I think of leaders of groups that do bad things um, and against uh, powers of this dark world. So I think sometimes we may clump those three together as being humans um, because then it says, Paul says, and against the spiritual forces of evil. So it's almost like, okay, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, that's one aspect, and then the rulers, authorities, and powers uh, is another category, and those are the humans. Um, but that can't be true because just before that, Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And, and so it's interesting why uh, we would think that our struggle is against rulers, authorities, and, and powers, and you know why our struggle is against people when Paul just said just before that that it's not against people, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against humans. Um, and so that would be a contradiction right after another, uh, and so that can't be. I think that when we have rulers of nations or rulers of group or those in authority, I think that there are spiritual forces of evil behind those human authorities and behind those human nations. Um, and I think that may be what Paul is describing here. There's a lot that we can dig into um, just talking about these these rulers and authorities and powers, um, but we we don't have a whole lot of time to do that uh, because I do want to talk about uh, the armor of God and what Paul talks about the most. But uh, but I think it's important to mention this and just uh, talk about it for just a moment because I think oftentimes, uh, most times I think when we think about who we're fighting against, we think about we're fighting against other people. We're, you know, our enemies is this person or that person, um, but it's just what these powers of evil want us to think. Um, like I mentioned earlier, these forces of evil want us to think that other people 
those are the enemies. They, these evil forces want to remain, remain undetected uh, in the fact that they are our actual enemies. Um, but the Bible brings it to light. Uh, it exposes that they are the true enemies that we are fighting against, and it's not against each other. It's against these forces of evil. Um, and so very much there are spiritual forces uh, in the heavenly realms as well as spiritual forces of evil that are affecting uh, the way we rule and, and the way we, uh, we do things here on earth. Uh, and, and so because of all this, because of our struggle against uh, these spiritual forces of evil, uh, Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God. Uh, and twice in this passage, Paul uses the word full when, when talking about the armor of God. Um, and as we'll see as we, as we start to study the armor more and, and talk about its historical context with soldiers and, and all that, we'll see that putting on just some of the armor um, and not other parts of the armor can just leave room for disaster. Um, it's just not going to end well if we put on just some of the armor and not all of it. Uh, but with the full armor on, with all of those pieces together, um, the forces of this world, can't they just have no hold on us whatsoever. Uh, and God's power will reign victorious um, through us. And so with this full armor on, we'll be able to stand and endure the hardships and the tests and the temptations um, that evil uh, throws our way. And so that's the beautiful message of this armor of God, is that no matter what happens to us, that nothing can, uh, can stop us from being victorious um, through the faith and salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, so that kind of concludes this first uh, introductory episode to the armor of God. Um, next week we'll pick up uh, in verse 14 and, and start to talk about what we do with this armor um, and, and how we approach wearing it um, and some details like that. Uh, so thanks for listening. God bless, and always remember to surround yourself with all things Bible.